0: Welcome to the Weekend Must Watch on Intercut, where we wade our way through the latest in theaters, streaming and on demand. I am your co-host Zachary Shevich and joining me as excited as the dudes from John Wilson for Avatar 2, it's
1: Arturo Zurita. I, I was thinking about them during during this moment that they must be so, so many, happy. Uh, dude we were in a theater, I don't know about you, because I think you got the invite as well, where they were actually playing it over and mm-hmm. over and over again before the screening <laughs> for uh Doctor Strange. So we got to see that bad boy, I think, six, seven times. Uh, we were levitating by by the 10th <laughs> by the, by the time that they were playing this trailer. In 3D, of course. Uh It's yeah. out now fully, so if anybody hasn't seen it, you now have the privilege of going to go see the new Avatar trailer that we'll talk about for a bit, um, but... Yeah, 3D made its comeback this week, man. 3D IMAX was the place to be. Uh, now that the movie season's kicking off yet again in May, but yeah, I, I, I didn't
0: catch, I didn't get to catch Doctor Strange in 3D too. But it it felt like for a while people weren't talking about 3D. Maybe 3D's time had passed. But it, it it's definitely that search for a, some kind of comeback. Yeah, <laughs> the producers on it. They gotta fund those Avatar sequels somehow. somehow yeah. Uh, so yeah uh, of course big events in movie theaters to discuss Uh, a whole bunch of stuff that we're gonna discuss it's a light week in terms of what we've been watching but that doesn't mean that there's not interesting things to talk about Mm -hmm. so let's start it off with what we're watching and uh, I think there's no better way than exactly what what you started with man Avatar 2 on the big screen what what an experience. I don't know if everybody got to have that experience. I mean, if you went to Doctor Strange and didn't show up late, you you probably had that experience, right? Uh, it, it's interesting. I, I wanted to grab this tweet that I found. So shout out to whoever it was. Sorry to be plagiarizing you. Uh, but it said that James Cameron missed the window for a sequel so hard that it's come around as full nostalgia and it's so funny to see the way that this is movie that i think a lot of people have referred to as a joke mostly over the past 5 years or so mm-hmm. is now getting this like full-hearted embrace again
1: everybody is ready to go back to pandora man i think he's a genius dude the first time he released this movie You know, it was a post-recession, was 2010. People Mm -hmm. were going crazy for just being in a theater. He was able to maximize IMAX tickets. He was able to maximize 3D tickets. He made sure all those screens. He was pulling that Disney game before Fox went to Disney. Uh, And then, like, he, like, timed it perfectly so that worldwide audiences not only had access to it, but, like, the way, like, this man looks at the dollar. He's looking at currency to see what he's going to make the most back. I think you're right. I think he's looking at that Pixar deal seeing how they use nostalgia and he's like all it takes mm-hmm. is 10 years <laughs> all right i gotta wait for the technology you, anyway <laughs> right let nostalgia now be a new thing that could be added into uh the box office numbers look it's a simple trailer in yeah. 3d it's really cool <laughs> i hope you get the chance to see it in 3d zach um because mm. they gave us the glasses and then they're like all right now it's time for multiverse madness take them off and go put them back. <laughs> i'm like okay Um uh, it's nice and short yeah, saw- there's only one piece of dialogue
0: I saw some people being like James Cameron invented the teaser trailer. Like, like calm down a little bit. It's, pre- it's pretty, it's pretty <laughs> exciting, but it's not. It's not a reinvention of cinema as we know it yet. Invent
1: the wheel, Zach. You just got to perfect it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I wasn't necessarily quite as hype as like a, a lot of people I've seen on on the trailer. Like, obviously, it's stunning, and I think I honestly, I think one of the great things going for it is the si- kind of like CGI mud of Marvel movies for the past twelve or so years, yep. and just the the contrast between what you know you get CGI wise from most major blockbusters and what you're getting here is so different. The water, the water is it's the way of water real in the. It's beautifully done. So, you know, I'm curious to see what it will really feel like when we get to f- experience the full thing. But yeah, it's it's just a teaser, you know. I, I don't. It's exciting, but I'm not gonna I'm not
1: gonna flip out over one line of dialogue. Three looks great, and I'm very interested to see if he's got something else up his sleeve for the release. You know, I'm waiting yeah. to him. You know, he's got the technology that he says he's going to push. But when you look at the release schedule they had at CinemaCon um it was interesting to see the timeline between 2022 and 23 and they have avatar smack dab in the middle i don't know if that's them saying they're gonna have a crazy rollout or they're just like yeah the box office (laughs) hours from the end of this (laughs) year until next year hours i'm excited to see what jimmy's got up his sleeve i I I don't doubt the man he's the blockbuster king
0: uh the only real thing that came out in theaters was Dr. Strange, too. You know, everybody cleared a path for Disney, including movie theaters that were playing this thing, like, every 15 minutes or so. It's the biggest movie in the world. We are going to get into it fully in an after credits with some spoilers and stuff after we wrap our weekend must watch. So stay tuned on the channel here. Uh, But Art, I don't know if you want to just mention anything briefly before we keep going.
1: Uh, It is good to see Marvel allow directors to be directors is what I keep saying for this one. It's not the first one. You know, a lot of people were like, oh, this is we've had inklings of it with what Chloe was doing with, you know, what Ryan Coogler tried to bring. But I think it's because people know Sam Raimi so well that. It juxtaposed the Marvel formula so much. We'll get to that in our spoiler section. Mm -hmm. Um, But revisiting it and having seen it in 3D and in IMAX, uh, I could thumbs up on the IMAX. It is IMAX the entire way through. That was very nice to see. Uh, And I think it really adds a lot to a lot of the images. We will be having a discussion on the CGI later, later as well. And I think this is one of those movies where because it is shot, With the idea of 3D in mind already, you are watching a 2D version that is not the original intent, in my opinion. Doctor Strange, Hmm. the first one, was also probably one of the best Marvel movies that was in 3D. Um, And I'd say that the 3D enhances it so much because there are shots that are in 2D that feel so wonky and out of place... And you're not realizing that, well, they meant that with the the whole illusion in place for there to be that depth. Uh, and I think it helps a lot of scenes, a, a lot of fight sequences and a lot of the uh, multiverse travel. Um, Still st- don't think it's the best writing, but I'm, I'm curious your thoughts, Zach. As someone who doesn't care about having to have seen Loki, having to have seen WandaVision, having to have seen Doctor Strange 1, maybe, and all the other ones in order to be able to understand every concept in this movie, technically Cap. Never mind, I'm going to leave some of the other stuff. (laughs) There's a lot of cameos that you would also have needed to have seen previous things. Did you enjoy the Sam Raimi? (laughs) Needed. Imperative, Zach. Yeah. Uh, You know, yeah, I did. I think
0: there are flaws with this film uh, that are, you know, very apparent when you watch it. But I think the ways in which I didn't like Doctor Strange 2 are the ways in which I don't like a lot of these movies. And... Mm -hmm. A lot of these other movies don't have the moments of like filmmaking craft and genuine creativity and, you know, just off the wall ideas that this movie had. There's just some zaniness in there, some really fun horror comedy and and some genuinely like cool moments that are are shot well and told with a visual clarity that I don't find present in a lot of of blockbuster or marvel movies so yeah to me this is definitely an elevation of the the formula if that's what you want to call it uh and definitely not like a perfect movie but entertaining i i had a fun time with it
1: three and a half bro that's big for you yeah. that's, that's damn near <laughs> that's damn near a masterpiece when it comes to you <laughs> on your scale we'll we'll get into that more we'll get into it uh, exactly, i have one soon. question for you though Before yes. we move on, is it a doctor strange movie or is it a wanda movie
0: Well, I think this is a Doctor Strange movie in the exact same way that Civil War is a Captain America movie. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Because, yeah, Civil War is not a Cap movie either. I was rooting for Cap, but it was not a Cap movie. Um, Exactly. All right, well, we have a lot of spoilers to discuss after the fact, so so hopefully y'all stick around for it. Cool.
0: Let's go to streaming where we got a new Marmaduke movie. Uh, I... Don't know if we needed one. I don't know if we want one now that it's here. It does not seem that the people on Letterboxd enjoyed this one either. Uh, Art, you gave some thoughts last week because I was under embargo. I can say now that this is just maybe the ugliest feature film that I've ever seen. I mean, yeah, there's some real low rent, like food fight type of stuff out there, but not released by like a major distributor in this way starring Pete Davidson, who's like ostensibly a big movie star. He, he also sounds so disinterested here. Like I I swear that some of these lines were done just on the first first take, like as he was on his way to go do something else. He, he is so, not giving anything to this performance, as is the animation. The animation is so bad, it's so stiff. Like, I feel like they're often going in lines rather than like towards the direction. If that means, if you know what I'm trying to say, like, it, it's rather than go diagonally, they go like straight and then to the right because they're just that stiffly put together. It's I don't auto. know. A very cheap movie, very bad movie, very stupid movie, only parents who hate their kids would put this one on
1: it's disgusting i don't know how they got the yellow m&m to come do a voice here jk simmons <laughs> is so much better at voice acting to be doing something so horrendous the animation in here looks like the previs that you see in the special features yeah. of a dvd literally this thing is disgusting I've seen storyboards with more fluidity than what they had in this movie. The storyline has to be one of the dumbest storylines, and they had the gall to mention the boy Scooby-Doo in this. Then (laughs) steal his animation over a Pete Davidson uh, freestyle? What did you want to call that thing at the end, Zach? What? I (laughs) hope
0: it was a freestyle, because if that's pre-written... The, literally the worst rap I've ever heard. It is so lazy. I'm. I don't know, man. The, this is just the bottom dollar version of entertainment. Um, this is not entertainment. I, I feel bro. bad for kids who are gonna put have this put in front of them and not know any better. Uh, there's like maybe just enough fart jokes that. A, a young mind would be led astray, and I, I hope I hope there are better people out there to prevent them from uh, having to to embrace the world of Marmaduke twenty twenty two.
1: Netflix said they fired the animators, and uh, yeah, it's very clear, <laughs> very clear, very bad.
0: Oh, my God. Worst
1: movie of the week, contender for worst movie of the year, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I, I'll be surprised if I see a worst movie this year, honestly. I mean, li- seriously, have you seen a worse-looking feature animated film?
1: It's not just that it's ban- badly drawn, bro, or whatever you want to call it. These are like yeah. rigs that they just bought off of like a template site. It is that what they make them do is atrocious. It, it's the concept of the animation that they're even going for that is just disgusting. Uh, it's also... It's also, like, vaguely racist in parts. Like, I, that, it shows how bad it is that this is, like, the fifth bullet point, but... You're talking about the one yeah. dog who, like, knew Kung Fu? Because that threw me for a loop. <laughs> uh, we also couldn't stop staring at his droopy lips. Why y'all gotta animate Marmaduke's lips, bro? Don't do that ever again. Don't do that for any upcoming animation or any... Don't even think nah. about doing that. Nah. It's terrible. It's bad.
0: Oh. Uh, all right. Uh, let's... Go to the Takedown, a, a hopefully better version of a Netflix movie that was in the top ten. Art, right, I, I didn't get around to this one, so tell me a little about it.
1: Uh, there was uh, three new movies that made it, I believe, into their top ten charts. As I search them up here, one of them, I, I don't know how, <laughs> was Marmaduke. Uh, I know this one was in the top three somewhere, along with uh, one of the new romance movies that's out, but. One of the things about this movie that I enjoyed was that it's one of the – I would say the old school two-hour just like action blockbuster buddy cop movies that you would get uh, where you have two dudes who – one of them nobody likes. Omar Sy, who I think is a very good actor, uh, gets recruited because he's so into the missions that he goes on to kind of be the face of the police department that they have because they need new PR. And he's like, I know exactly what you guys are doing, and no, but I'm gonna take the raise, I'm gonna take the position. And it becomes this like buddy cop thing where they're uh, facing these criminals who are very racist. So they play along with a lot of these, I don't even wanna call them double entendre, but it's pretty much a mixture between boomer humor and millennials and it tries to like blend all of them together with the interactions of what they're going through and the niceties and such. I'd say this is a movie to probably watch with your dad. Uh, They've dubbed it in every language, so you don't even have to see it in what its original French if you didn't want to. But uh, out of all the movies that Netflix came out (laughs) with this week, out of all the movies that came out in streaming this week that were new, I'd say The Takedown was the best one. Does it need to be two hours? No. But I thought the action sequences were, were decent enough. And if you've given the time of day to uh what is it six underground spencer right this is better than those it, okay i'm not saying it's a great movie but this is better than those if we're going to continue making streaming action movies i'd rather it be closer to this than the other stuff not a great movie but a little bit better than the rest
0: yeah at least you get some omar sai in there he's yeah, a good he's actor good. yeah um all right seems interesting enough uh what about the twin tell me a little bit about that one
1: okay The Twin is not a great movie either. It's playing over on Shudder. It had its theatrical release as well, and I believe on VOD. I kind of liked it. Uh, So pretty much it's a story about a uh, duo of parents or just parents who lost a child who was one of the twins. As they move, they may still be haunted by by that dead twin child who may want to take over the living twin. Basic kind of creepy child Hmm. twin story. Um... But I thought... They, every parent's they threw worst a, nightmare. Every parent's worst nightmare. But I thought they threw a couple of good spins in there. I thought that there were oh, yeah. some elements that were pretty spooky. Just, you know... Uh, I think twin children are some of the scariest things out there. And I know <laughs> that that just means I'm probably going to have twins someday. I just, so does Stanley Kubrick. I just know it. Um, but I, I, I think Teresa Palmer does a good job in the uh, horror movies that she's in. I think she does a de- decent job here. Uh, and while the, per- the, the plot doesn't progress perfectly. I thought it was interesting where they took the story. Uh, So I would recommend it only because it's on streaming and on Shudder that I would say, give it a watch.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, if it's easy enough to watch and particularly for the Shudder crowd who kind of, if if you're a subscriber of Shudder, you know what's out there. And sometimes you just need a little bit of like, a little bit of innovation in the horror genre to get you somewhere fun. So... That, that sounds fun uh, enough I mean there's limited pickings outside of doctor strange right now you gotta, really gotta find what they offer you and you people are uh, not gonna
1: be home either that's crazy
0: <laughs> exactly you gotta you kind of gotta look to the past maybe to some movies that uh are already out or on their second round or whatever we we have talked about language lessons in the past which already did around in Theaters and on VOD, but it is available on HBO Max now, which means that a whole bunch of people are finding it. I see uh, my my likes on my Letterboxd review going up, which is always a sign that it's on a new streaming service. Uh, I'm I'm glad to bring this one up again because it's. I thought it was a very lovely movie. Uh, I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head if I can say that this is my favorite of the like clearly made in COVID lockdown movies, but it's mm. at least in the like top three or five a very very charming like friend romantic comedy that we we still don't have like a good name for the genre of that I think, but uh, you know it, it's got very charismatic actors in Natalie Morales and Mark Duplass. I, I particularly like Natalie Morales. I think she's just very lovely in this role, and this is. Kind of her her like co-directorial debut because she kind of did two movies at uh, end lockdown at once, but uh, I, I I like this one a lot and especially now that it's available in such an easy way I, I would highly recommend people check this one out uh, I think you liked it too
1: yeah the moment I saw it was on HBO I was like now we got to put it on the list man finally people are going to see it because you had mentioned Natalie Morales directed this movie when mm-hmm. they released this because her one on Hulu came out first. This could no longer be considered her directorial debut. And because it's no longer her directorial debut, she was not eligible for the right awards that she would have been. And I would highly recommend searching out, seeking out Mark Duplass's uh, letter. That he did on this, he wrote a whole letter, and I think we kind of discussed it on the podcast too, where he said, he's like, the award season is very interesting because you have to play off on these boxes that you need to check. And because Mm -hmm. the dates and everything screwed uh, and messed everything up, this movie could have been a contender and been awards worthy, but it did not check off being her first movie, and thus, boom. As a movie, it's no longer good because it doesn't fit that box. Right. So it's interesting that you're saying, is this its premiere? Is this its inception? It's had its festival runs that were available virtually. It's been out on VOD. It had a little bit of a theatrical run. But now it's on HBO. So would this now be considered the first run? Because it's been interesting seeing a lot of people see Netflix or just a streaming release as the actual public release. And they kind of see theaters as now being the advanced screening because you got to leave your house. So, hey, now that it's out on HBO, hopefully people give it a chance. Because um, I agree. It's really yeah. nice. It's
0: a cute story. Devesh in the live stream comments Is asking was plan B anything I think we talked about plan B when it came out Last year and I think we both liked it We thought it was charming um, I like language lessons a bit more I think it's a little bit more, more unique But plan B if It's kind of got that broad teen comedy feel That's very satisfying and fun It's a very easy watch It's very raunchy So I wouldn't necessarily recommend it for everybody But mm-hmm. I had a good time with plan B as well
1: I remember Plan B and Unplanned came out at the same time. It was just like the duo. Yeah,
0: and Unpregnant
1: also, right? Oh, it was around that time. Yeah, that was around that time too.
0: Yeah,
1: a lot of COVID uh, babies.
0: <laughs> Before we get into TV, uh, do you want to take a moment and talk about the Kendrick Lamar release, the new when Kendrick video, the like, Heart Pot Part Five, about it, dude? Yes. Yeah. Kendrick is going to be back with Did we confirm if it's a double album or just
1: one album or I have whatever absolute, it is? He says it's a book. New music. He said it's it's a whole <laughs> it's a production practically that he's doing but yeah part, part 5. You have you ever listened to the other hearts before they came out cuz I was trying to clown oh, my course. brother. I'm like, dude, yeah. he always drops one before. You know, mm-hmm. we're closing in on the week and he's like I thought he drops one every single time. Get that notification. I said I said he does. Uh, I would highly yep recommend people going to go check out the uh, uh previous compilations one through four which leads me to also say that yes section 80 was his first album zach i know a lot of people <laughs> like saying that it's good kid mad city and that's another one where nah. it helps Good nah. kid mad city be the debut album nah it's section 80 because section 80 got a part one right before uh part five's interesting it needs the video
0: yeah, that's the thing. It, it's really, really elevated by the video. I mean, I think I think it's still, I that's think great. it still works without, but the, it, the video. video particularly takes it to a new level. Although, like, it's a very kind of creepy vibe too, because uh, it's got it's got this implementation of deepfake technology mm-hmm. in a way that is. Pretty innovative, because uh, Kendrick is obviously an extremely gifted lyricist and extremely gifted rapper. Uh, the video starts with the quote, "I am all of us," and then through his song, he sort of weaves in the the situations of different high profile black male entertainers, and as he as his story starts to brush up against other people. He kind of becomes deep fakes of other people, whether that's O.J. Simpson or Kanye West or Will Smith. It, it's very interesting the, uh, blending of lyricism and technology. Frankly, um, I, I was I was pretty taken aback by the video when I first saw it, but it's yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm so unsettled by deep fake technology, but I find this so fascinating.
1: Uh huh. It's how he's using it, though. That's why. Right. It's because he's making yeah. a point with it um Mm -hmm. i thought the video was done very well i know people have come out and said oh he's copying this other guy who did it and then people had to remind that other guy uh that mj did it like decades ago um so it's an interesting way to make a music video all in you know it comes off all in one long take i think it really showcases his technical abilities and uh i Again, I, I do think it ad- it adds to his lyrics because he's not name dropping these the people thing. within his yeah. verses. So when you it's see It's not him-
0: just the video, it's that it's combined with the yeah. story.
1: It's performance. That's what he's saying. This whole P D yes. Lang rollout's going to be. So Zach I'm I'm gonna be up at twelve o'clock on that Thursday night. Are oh, you kid- Oh, Ooh, you know it. Come you on, know it, you dude. know it. Uh, the whole neighborhood no is gonna be listening night. to it this weekend. That's for <laughs> sure. So uh I highly, highly recommend going to go check out the Hard Part Five. He directed it as well check out all the other parts i had also put on here that so far the only other thing he's previously directed is the backstreet freestyle video which is also fantastic um so i'm curious to see his hand in a lot more stuff outside of music production so
0: yeah. Uh, what's the matter? mentioning in the live stream. Trey Parker and Matt Stone were thanked in the special thanks for The Heart Part 5. Y'all know why. Uh, so there's a couple potential reasons there. The one that people are pointing to is that he's working on a movie with South Park co-creators Trey Parker he's and Matt Stone. a big one. Yeah. Uh, but... Also in the thanks is what's it, Big Voodoo or something like that? I am forgetting exactly Voodoo something, which I believe is a animation company that Trey Parker and Matt Stone are doing that uses deepfake technology. There you go. So uh, that might be why. I'm not. I'm not sure that's verified the source that I got that from, but at least interesting. At least at least something. Um, all right, so let's get back into what we're watching and talk about some TV. Most notably, we gotta keep going with Marvel stuff. It's all Marvel this week. I uh, got Doctor Strange and Moonlight coming on the same week. You know, I saw somebody saying that they think Marvel timing the finale to the same week as a movie it takes away from the. Talk about the TV show. I wonder if you feel like maybe all the hype and discussion around Multiverse of Madness is, is drowning out some of the discussion on Moon Knight.
1: If you mean the discussion of how it freaking tanked, then yes, Zach, <laughs> because that's probably the best thing they could have timed it for. What happened, dude?
0: I, I don't know, man. I still love 4.
1: I hyped up for I think Force still delivers and it's great. But I told you we were talking about it. I'm like, they're not going to hold it out. I was hoping Mm -hmm. for a a way where this just becomes its own independent story that Marvel realizes we have so much and we're introducing multiverses. Why can't we have universes that have just never been tampered with? That can be their own set of lone little things with the Marvel logo. They're going to come at DC. They're going to have their own little uh, one-shot stories. It's going to be great. Man, we got something way worse, dude. Like, episode five was really good, and I'm looking forward to rewatching it, mm-hmm. rewatching the whole thing just as a whole for a video. What the hell was six doing, dude?
0: Yeah, man, it, it, it's a lot of like shrug emoji to me. I don't know. Uh, they they just kind of didn't really want to conclude things in a way that really felt like <laughs> they inclusive yeah. Right? Like they, they had a final fight. They didn't want to show it to us, but they had a final fight. Um it it's very bizarre. Like I they I know they're used to doing this thing where a series will end and they'll do it in a way that's like teasing the future. But Moon Knight, they've advertised it as this like self-contained thing. There's no references to the outside Marvel stuff. You know, we don't think we're gonna come back for season two because uh, Oscar Isaac only wanted to sh- sign up for this because it's a limited thing. But it's on like letterbox as a limited thing. But it's like teased. At the end, like, they tease a whole new idea at the end. the worst
1: after credits that we've gotten from these people, dude. One of the worst. (sighs) Absolutely horrendous. Uh, We'll be talking about the Marvel one. Marvel one also had two. One that I think you and I really like. uh, And the other one, which was kind of felt more like this one. Moon Knight's is worse than the one in Doctor Strange. I I did not. I did not care for it. I did not like it. I really wanted this to, one, be a limited (laughs) series at its bare minimum. Definitely didn't care for it to connect to the other stuff, but I—they just dropped the ball for the type of story they were (sighs) really getting at. At four and five, man, yeah, like I'm disappointed. Yeah, because I don't know. I think in 4 and
0: 5 they delve into some of the, like the strangeness that really appealed uh, appeals to me where they're mm-hmm. almost subverting the form and and like questioning what even is the point of of these superhero properties right
1: oh um, man dude the comic gets even crazier into that but yeah keep, keep going and and then they're
0: kind of like eh, you want you want to see some more superhero stuff <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know. It it didn't it didn't land for me. I never really got into like the the mythology behind it and then they reverted back to that at the end. It didn't it's a shame. And you know, I don't want to I don't want to take away from Mohamed Diab cuz I don't blame him. I think the direction during his episodes was was good, but that, the the Benson and Moorhead episodes were just so much more interesting. The writing in those episodes was so much better. I'm
1: going to blame him, bro. This man came out and said uh, he touted his stuff by saying, you won't even believe I directed it. When in the hell is that something you want to hear from a director? You won't even know it's me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sir. You know, especially when we're talking about wanting to see the Sam Raimi flourishes, wanting to see some uh, actual direction to be intertwined within the stuff. I know they hired him specifically because of his Egyptian roots. I, I don't know. I felt they could have gone deeper with that. I felt that they could have had a lot more of the character development that they were doing with um, uh, the, the two for Moon Knight. And kept focusing on that. I wish it was more contained. This just feels like we're yeah. going on yet again another mission, and I feel they're gonna. I don't know. I don't want them to run it to the ground. I was. I don't know. I was really hopeful for it, dude. I felt. Yeah, because there is so cool stuff
0: there, and ultimately, I just personally felt like the by the end, the balance between the stuff that I oh. was interested in and the stuff that I was not interested in w- was off. um oh, I, had, wow, I don't man. know. I don't know.
1: How many of these do you think are going to be turned? We had uh, all of these, I believe, are on Letterbox because they're miniseries. But you know they're teasing a Wanda too. You know they've been teasing a Loki too. Uh, <laughs> have they confirmed that? I Falcon think they is have confirmed. I think
0: they have fir- confirmed Loki. Um, they have not confirmed that Falcon's getting a movie. I guess I don't know.
1: Isn't <laughs> that so weird? Because he's supposed to be cat four, but they're like. Made a whole series saying we should be able to declare him this (laughs) and then have it. He, like, didn't
0: he come out like, oh yeah, we're gonna start filming in a couple weeks? And then Marvel was like, we are not filming in a couple (laughs) weeks.
1: (laughs) I don't know, but to answer your initial question there, yeah, I I don't think it's smart to intertwine them uh, if they're so different. But maybe that's why it's beneficial for them because they knew this wasn't going to hit. <laughs> I don't know. They knew it wasn't going to hit. Yeah. And they're like, all right, let's have people focus on this whole multiverse side. You have way too opposing things. I think if they interconnect, it's not a bad thing. Right. Because um, at this point, it is an entire ecosystem. When we talk about spoilers, there is so many of these series are integral for you to understand what's happening in the movies. I, I don't. I don't see it any other way.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, man. It just like, if it's not going to feel con- conclusive at the end of it it's What's hard to like invest in a new one you know
1: yep
0: anyway uh did you get around to the boy mike myers's return the pentaveret
1: so i saw four and i felt yeah. like it just kept ending and it was the same thing and i go yeah. online and i see you tweet <laughs> that every single ending just feels like the same thing. So I guess yeah. I don't have a conclusive review, Zach. Yeah. But with you I think I do. Um this is the <laughs> new Netflix parody? What do you want to call this? He he is making fun yeah. of like everything in the real world that has it's- to do with conspiracies.
0: Yeah, it's like a a conspiracy, secret society satire yeah, of sorts, and
1: they recognize the Illuminati and the Masons and everything. But they're they're like the the, the ones above that, you know. There's yeah, uh, there's armor shields, then there's the armor piercing bullets, and then there's the armor yeah. non piercing shields. It just it's a Russian nesting doll of things. You get to the point though, where as much as I love him playing all these different characters, and he's in his bag, he is playing so many different characters so many Many different characters there's sometimes you could have just let somebody else do that bro like (laughs) yep how many hours of makeup for this bit
0: he he must really love it
1: i appreciate his commitment always but i wish it was written better some of these jokes just feel like 2013 jokes some of these jokes feel like stuff that is meant for people who don't want to watch the show and be disproved about conspiracy theories. So like you're making jokes for the crowd that you're making fun of. Yeah. No, that's, Why?
0: it's interesting. Cause like, I think the way having seen all six episodes, I think the way that the series ends, it's, I I don't want to bash it too much because I think there's like a sweet intention behind a lot of what he's doing here but I it doesn't land it just doesn't ever really land even the ending feels a little bit like hypocritical given that like he he's so the focus of every moment of this show uh, he like like you said he it's too it's so many characters probably too many characters I there are some characters he does that are just not really that memorable in the larger scheme. I almost wish he just chose four or five and and stuck to that and And yes, four or five would be reducing it a lot. like it's it's a it's so much. And then, like the way that certain characters will enter and exit the show feels very abrupt and not earned. and it, it doesn't all add up to much. It doesn't all feel like, they're bit like lived in. It's it's yes. yeah. It kind of feels all SNL sketch worthy. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I was about to say that. But, it's like a bunch of sketches just stitched in together for people. Which, who like.
0: which means like because of Mike Myers' style, because it's just joke, 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 joke. There's some funny stuff in there. I definitely did laugh a little bit. I I posted a ridiculous clip to my Twitter that a, a bunch went viral for a bunch of other people. So congratulations to them. But it it's like it's not like. I don't know, man. It's just not worth sitting with. it. It's exhausting because you see it feels sweaty. No.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're just running Keith through it all because he's supposed to be the new person who's getting inducted into the, the secret society. And he just has to deal with all of these different bozos. Yeah. Who, like, don't seem to get along with each other, but like, like you said, because they're not meant to actually be a group, they're meant to be the talking piece for whatever specific punchline can only come from that character that he's playing,
0: right? And the it almost feels caricatures like are, yeah, are you reverse
1: engineering the punchlines and then creating the character to be that, and it feels weird. I don't know, I didn't hate it, yeah. but I just felt like it wasn't really amounting to much, and I, maybe we we're just way too hyped for it too because they kept that it such too, a secret. I mean- yeah,
0: and like I did have hopes for it and it just, it could have been better. I feel like it could have been sharper. There's some fun stuff in there. I like I like the Canada's blurry joke, although they didn't have to hit it so hard. I, I like um, that he's inverting the Austin Powers censored bit, although they didn't have to hit that so hard either. Um, shout out to both Lydia West and Maria Menounos. Maria Manunos with some of the funniest bits in the film. Uh, show up early for Maria Menounos, I guess. It's it just doesn't really. It's not. There's not enough there. There, un- unfortunately, for me. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's go to Winning Time, which wrapped also wrapped up its season one run uh, this weekend with the first episode that actually centers on a basketball game. Pretty crazy that it took 10 episodes to, to really focus on the dynamics of winning and losing for the team. Um, but that's kind of the show that this is. There's so much story here. There's so many characters. It's it's manic. It's all over the place stylistically and in terms of the types of stories it's trying to tell. And it maintained that energy through the end in a way that I found to be really per- peculiar. Because as we now know, this is going to be an anthology show, but... Uh, the second season is going to be you know set 20 or so years in the future so we're not really getting conclusions on these storylines in season two of winning time we're we're probably not going to see we're definitely not going to see some of these characters some of these characters died in the interim but we're definitely not going to we're probably not going to see most of them so it's interesting because you know this is a snapshot of a point in history right Mm -hmm. you can't tell a conclusive story about Magic Johnson and end it in 1980. You can't tell the end of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's career before he ended up winning like three more championships. It's so... I liked the ways in which some of it felt unresolved, but it's peculiar because TV doesn't normally give that to you. And I'm sort of caught between the idea that, like, this told the most story at the, you know, most minutes per second pace that it could. It gave us so much. And the feeling that, like, there's a little bit of meat left on this bone and they're never going to, you know, chew it.
1: I'm curious if, with the uh, decade to come, after they do the Showtime Lakers, they do like a flip-flop, almost zipper it, so they can go back to the 80s, but instead of seeing it from the Lakers' perspective, you're seeing it from the Pistons, you're seeing it from the Celtics, mm. you know? Right. So then you are able to do this crazy thing of, as an anthology, bring in the characters from season one back in season three. Right. You know? maybe would they, they be really cool. Yeah, maybe they decide to cover the Bulls to some degree, and then you can see the ending of a lot of these characters' careers, but I, I feel you. I, yeah. I think I am one where I would rather it go all in on one thing. It's like we were talking with the genius doc. I'd rather it go all in on the making of the first album than mm-hmm. to get a, you know, the rest of it just skimmed through. So yeah, as long exactly. as it's not skimmed through, dude, I don't see it as done. That would have been worse. Yeah. Is it that they just pulled a How I Met Your Mother right. on the final episode and they were like, and then this, 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 and this happened. And you're like, no.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, the thing, the other thing I was really sort of. Um, surprised by is there was no epilogue. There was no like Magic Johnson would go on to win so many, so many championships the way that a lot of these true stories are, but like it really does make it about this moment in time. It makes it about like this is the Showtime Lakers. This is how that, that legacy got started and Um, I I think it's better off maybe for that, although it's just, it's just different than I expected. And, you know, in the end, I'm not, there's some elements that I'm mixed on in terms of how well they were crafted, but there's just so much that I enjoyed. It's such a great piece of entertainment. I, I think it's one of the best TV shows I've seen so far this year. Up on there. all right you watched a couple episodes of the staircase which is now available on hbo uh, it is an adaptation of the true life crime story about michael peterson who uh, his wife kathleen peterson died under suspicious circumstances uh, this one has a absolutely packed Stair- cast including Colin Firth, Tony Collette, Michael Stuhlbarg of With Fame and Doctor Strange, Dame DeHaan, (laughs) and more. Uh, Art, I haven't gotten around to the staircase yet, but what did you think of the first couple of episodes?
1: You got time, and It's eight episodes premiering on HBO uh, on a weekly basis, and it's an original, dude. It's an original. Mm -hmm. You you and I Mm -hmm. are still looking out for those. Uh, Wait, no, it's a Max original. Never mind. Uh-oh. I take back everything okay. I said. This is a Max original, Max um, brand, the Max brand, not not the HBO brand. It's not, it's it's pretty good, dude. Uh, so I was confusing Michael with Andrew, <laughs> two men who've been involved with dead wives and exes. <laughs> Yo, yep. just be being in America, your last name being Peterson, not looking too well. Is all I'm gonna say. Not great. Uh, not great. Terrible. I know that not they're... for
0: Adrian either. Usually, but <laughs> keep no. Going.
1: Uh, So with this story, you've had a Netflix docu-series that kind of covered everything that was happening, and I believe they're going to get into these guys coming in and trying to film it, and they've already been introduced, which is very Mm -hmm. interesting to see the documentarians that will eventually make their series already being involved in this drama series of it so then will yeah. there be someone documenting the filming of the drama series that was documenting the- <laughs> i don't know how far it goes but uh what i really enjoy about this one or what i find really interesting is the way that um the director's able to capture a lot of these moments uh let me pull up some of the other stuff that he's done we had talked about uh Antonio campos, campos last yeah. week when we had mentioned he did the devil all the time which i really liked He's done Simon Killer. I mean, the homie was producer on Martha Marcy May Marlene. So, you know, he's Mm -hmm. dealing with a good crowd. He does a very interesting thing in where you are given just glimpses of how unsturdy the staircase may be. Uh, some looks between you know some of the siblings with each other that makes you go wait you're playing like La Noir with these actors but also with the flashback moments that they show you where you're like maybe the maybe the railing is a little too unstable maybe mm. they were always drinking a little too much but it doesn't mm-hmm. push you to a degree in where it's kind of answering the question for you or manipulating you to think something it's leaving you these little breadcrumbs these little clues yeah. uh, so that's been really cool to watch
0: so. I am not deep into true crime, but this is like a pretty notable case. So I, I did watch the documentary years ago and okay. I've listened to some stuff about it Oh, so you're aware, aware of the story then? I, I'm aware of the story and I'm but I'm not like an expert on the story. I'm not gonna try and like pretend I am. But in my recollection, it's one of those true crime stories where there are all these different possibilities. It was maybe this happened, maybe that happened and yes. like there's not really a conclusive Uh, conclusion, like a conclusive theory. Everybody has their own theory. And if that's what they're going for, that there's all these things to divert your attention, that seems like it's going the right way. So it makes me more curious to check out the show.
1: It's more of a family drama than anything. So yeah, put on your radar, Zach. The Staircase.
0: Very cool. Uh, Our last bit of TV, I did want to mention Barry because it had a Solid third episode, not necessarily one of their more remarkable episodes, but it did make me think of something that I love about this show in that they found a really interesting scenario uh, in terms of where the Barry-Cousineau relationship got to in this episode. A scenario that I could have imagined them playing with that dynamic for a long time, and what is brilliant about a show like Barry is they they will show that that dynamic and then they will throw it away at the end of the episode because they are moving through story with like this efficiency and this ability to co- constantly surprise you like they they do this great thing where they lead up not only the dynamic between Barry and Cusino in this moment but the the context of the scene that they're acting in to have this thematic uh, coherence and then when everything feels like it should lead up to this one moment they take a right turn or a left turn I guess in the opposite direction it, it's just very smart writing very efficient in a certain way I don't know if it's the perfect word for it but I just I really appreciate what Bill Hader is doing here and it's just getting really dark this year they're, they're not leaving you feeling good after any of that these episodes i yeah, I'm I'm very excited for the direction things are heading on Barry.
1: Do you know how long they plan to run the show? Have they? Uh, I think
0: Bill. I think Bill Hader said that he wants to Forever. do a fourth season. So I don't know if they, they're going to do four and then do, finish it. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It doesn't feel like a show that should last very long. But every time that I've been like, oh, I don't know what they can do, they find new things I to know, do.
1: Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. So
0: bef- that's it for what we've been watching. Let us know what you're watching. And before we get into the new to see, I want to take a second to thank the intercuties who support our show over on patreon.com slash intercut pod. They are Ashley, Elizabeth, you and Garrett, Josh, Julietta, and Tim. We've also got our Academy members, Aidman, Connor, Pete, Tushar, and Sean. And of course, the producer known only as awkward. Thanks again for the support and a reminder that you too can become a member of the inter plus team at patreoncom slash intercut pod, where you can sign up for patron benefits like early access to intercut episode outlines, access to the private discord channels, or an invitation to our monthly patron Google meetings. Art, we're doing our monthly Google meeting today. What is on the agenda?
1: uh probably a lot of marvel talk uh it's a perfect mix of people going yes this is what i wanted no this is what i wanted and then other people going they're on number what <laughs> <laughs> but then we're also gonna be playing some movie trivia i have a bunch of movie trivia cards over here in the back uh oh, cool. big movie quiz and then going through action, to action oscar movies so even if you're not a big marvel fan we'll still be discussing a bunch of other stuff
0: all right, looking forward to wiping the floor with some intercuties later. Yeah, because he, he doesn't Oscars know the questions, tribute. so
1: you're gonna be facing Zach. Zach's not off the hook. He's not keeping score. He's gonna exactly. To keep, he's man. gonna have to keep the, his score. So
0: I'm a contestant. All right, we will get into that in a bit. But yeah, thanks again to those intercut patrons, and shout out to those of you who. Did leave or do leave reviews and stuff like that because we really love when you leave us a five star review over on Apple Podcast. I, I healed
1: after you all left that five star review. I, told <laughs> I know. What the doctor
0: it's- ordered the medicinal power of five-star reviews healed me so thank you particular particularly to yasin with two s's who said art and Zach make the perfect duo quote one of my favorite podcasts to listen to so I f- had to finally leave a review and give them their well-deserved five stars yeah look I know some of you out there have been listening to us and supporting us and I really do appreciate it but like the job's not done until we get that five-star review on Apple you gotta, iTunes, so it, please, you
1: gotta earn please, it, please. You gotta earn it. Please. I, I, I'm sick and I need the some power. You need, to, you need to hurt the <laughs> other eye. You need to hurt the left eye this time. <laughs> All
0: right. Let us get into the new to see where we talk about what is coming out. Starting with Candy, the event, five night event over on. Hulu. A very intriguing release strategy here in that they're doing five episodes in five consecutive nights. So the I debut is tonight. I love it. <laughs> tonight, May 9th, and the finale is Friday, May 5th, May 13th. Yes, sir. Uh, they sent us some screeners, but I don't know if you've had a chance to get to any of them. I haven't had
1: to yet. You're starring Jessica Bue?
0: Yeah.
1: Then I saw a couple. Uh, Candy is... Really good. I love her performance in it. I love the way that it's shot. I love the way that it's edited. It is one of those, you know, crime thriller procedural stuff yet again because it is yeah. a true story. But I am I am very excited to see these in full quality first and foremost because I thought mm-hmm. that a lot of these compositions are fantastic. But I'm very curious to see the reception on a night-to-night basis when people don't have to wait the whole week and you get to see how a discussion just goes uh, from day to day because yeah. this is another one where it's at first leaving it to the audience to try to put the pieces together on who murdered who. So, Zach, get on it, man. I- I'm just glad that we have all the episodes uh, so that I know what's going to happen on the next one. Right. But I, uh, like a lot of these, I've been waiting to just see them in full quality um, because just they're shot beautifully, dude. Candy, put that one on your radar.
0: Yeah, I'm really interested to see uh, how this goes in terms of building audience uh, interest and whether or not like this gains momentum throughout the week because we've seen that like the the you know uh, not binge release strategy does benefit things in terms of their. Uh, how much people continue to discuss them but this is like somewhere between a weekly release and a binge release like this is almost like a binge release but not quite yeah there.
1: so we've had on you know we know the part a part b those are usually you know more extended what did ozark do it was just like two months in between their yeah. part a part b we just talked about bang bang baby from last week that released six on prime this month And then in four weeks, they're going to release the other half. It's like, it's this really interesting model. Uh, Let's not forget Netflix with the horror movies from last year for Fear Street, where they released those on a weekly basis as well. I like this.
0: I like it being Mm -hmm. a nightly thing, dude. I don't know. Everybody's trying to crack the audience code.
1: Yeah. Just spread it out a little bit. It's pretty cool. Yeah. We'll see.
0: Pretty cool. We will see. Jessica Biel is like one of your secret girls, isn't she?
1: You, You really like, what was that, Servant? It ain't a secret, but yeah. 100% bro. <laughs>
0: uh, over on Netflix on May 11th we're getting 42 it's days of sinner, darkness. the center by the
1: way. <laughs> I just realized. Oh, the sinner. Yeah, it was like the center, the center, the center.
0: Right, right, right. My bad. Uh, 42 days of darkness as well as Operation Mince Meat a uh, a World War II set drama about yeah. British intelligence officers with a pretty interesting cast including Colin Firth Matthew McFadden and Kelly, Kelly McDonald. Um, this one did seem pretty interesting. We, they sent us the screener, but I, I just haven't had a chance to get around to it. But like, this is one of those ones that m- maybe I'll go watch with my dad because he's going to really enjoy, you know, the spy craft and the sub- subversion of, of intelligence powers. I don't know. It seems cool. There was seems a Munich cool.
1: one from last um, February as well. Yeah. yeah. Week, you know, it has the weekend theaters and then it goes directly to the SVOD on Netflix. So these exactly. uh, British wartime dramas, they've found their, their little tunnel here. So out for yep. it. Uh,
0: also, on May 11th on Netflix, "Our Father." This is a documentary about uh, a doctor who inseminated a lot of his patients with his own sperm. Uh, it, it's you know, this is a story we've seen in the news, unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, more than once, but uh, apparently this is about the most notorious offender of that. Uh, I, I got a chance to catch the documentary, and you know it's an obviously captivating story. Uh, I, I think I just am a little bit mixed on the use of this style of recreations in documentaries. It always just makes it feel a little bit like it's it's trying too hard to tell you how to feel in certain moments and how certain moments went down. Uh, it, it just like I I see the artifice of it. Um okay. and it t- it pulls me out of what would otherwise be really emotional material because I feel I feel the recreation of it. Mm. Um but the the story itself is obviously gripping.
1: I thought this was about the other guy. It turns out it's about another guy, so that's pretty messed up, dude.
0: Yep. Yep. Hate to see it. What? Um, then then on May 12th, we have the start of a couple different film festivals, including the Earth X Film Festival. Uh, festival about technology and the future and nature and all sorts of interesting things. They have a pretty cool lineup worth checking out. Uh, That festival runs from May 12th through May 15th. Also, starting on May 12th at the Film Lincoln Center here in New York is the New York African Film Festival. Uh, This one is running through May 17th, featuring a bunch of different films from Africa, uh, interesting art films. So I would highly check it out. I'd recommend checking it out anytime Lincoln Center puts together a programming like that. It tends to be good. Uh, May thirteenth, the Bling Empire returns for season two. A lot of people seem to like that reality show over on Netflix. That that's what Netflix is good for nowadays, or cool tacky reality shows. Uh, but also. Apple TV Plus is back in their bag with The Essex Serpent, a miniseries starring Tom Hiddleston and Claire Danes. Uh, Very interesting looking show. Uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to check out any of it yet. This is one of those shows that I had on my radar, but it's just kind of gone uh, by, it's you know, gotten underneath uh, or lower on the priority list because there's just all these other things I'm much, trying to keep dude, up yeah. with. I, I'm, I'm, I'm an episode behind. on better call Saul now. I got to go watch that. Like as soon as we're done that's today.
1: The <laughs> 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 I had to multitask, but yeah, I, I got to uh, catch the trailer to this one. Um, and yeah. It looks interesting. Very like, it looks interesting. I'll just leave it at that. We'll see. I, I worry. It may be a little too melodramatic, but I have to catch it. You know, that's what the series is for. Hopefully it builds yeah. up.
0: In theaters on May 13th, Firestarter. It's also going to be available on Peacock. This is the new Stephen King adaptation from Blumhouse. You got Zac Efron in the cast, as well as Kurtwood Smith, Sidney Lemon, and uh, a newcomer, I think, Ryan Kira Armstrong. You know, you'd think like a big Blumhouse horror movie starring Zac Efron might be getting some kind of push, but I've barely seen any promotion for this movie.
1: Uh yeah, it's been pretty bad. They do have the original that's on Peacock right now. So if you wanted to see Drew Barrymore's take on this as a little girl, you can go catch that one. Um I'm going to try to catch it in theaters, man, but it, I I'm very curious to see what Universal is going to be doing. This is one of their biggest releases of this month, and yeah, it's going straight to Peacock. Yeah. That's the
0: thing is like there's not a whole lot that I can use my AMCA list on right now, so I might just do Firestarter be- because what do you so mean, Doctor I, Strange so I
1: don't feel 3D, like i d Dr. Strange 3D, Dr. Strange, right, Strange,
0: Dolby, Dr. Strange, I mean, yeah. yeah, for maybe there's a 4DX out there somewhere I can do. I don't never know. know. <laughs> uh, then going to a film that we talked about after Sundance, uh, that I think first premiered over in Venice in 2021 is happening. The really, uh, riveting French drama about a student who, who gets an unwanted pregnancy in France in the 1960s, where abortion is still illegal? Uh, this movie became the movie that every film critic decided to recommend after the news of Roe v. Wade dropped. Uh, which I don't know, man, just depressing. And I don't really want to get into it now, but uh, yeah, maybe maybe if you need your mind changed on some stuff, you should watch this movie. Uh, and maybe if you just want to want to despair about the state of the world, you can watch this movie too. Fascinatingly filmed and I thought beautifully acted. Uh not sure how to pronounce the actress the lead actress's name, but she is so so good here. Good film. Neil is also out in theaters in New York. I've seen a lot of people talking about this one because it uh, did the festival circuit, although I haven't had a chance to catch it, so I'm curious about that one. Uh, The Innocence is the new IFC Midnight movie that's going to be in theaters, digital, and VOD. There's also... Uh, The Lincoln Lawyer hitting Netflix. This is a series. It's not the Matthew McConaughey movie, uh, but it's based on the same property. I don't know if you got a chance to catch any of this. They sent us some screeners. I I put on the pilot and like it seems competent enough. It's just kind of that style of procedural TV uh, stuff that reminds me of like stuff like burn notice or or suits that I just never really got into. Even though I know a lot of people who love those shows, like it's. I'm not trying to say it as like a disparaging thing. There's just like a tone and a and a like case of the week type of vibe that is not the type of TV that I typically get into.
1: Netflix. It's Netflix's USA original. Practically, is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. I, I didn't get to catch that one. I caught a Time Traveler's Wife, which I think we'll be able to say something Ooh. about eventually. Ooh. Big Time Ooh. Traveler's Wife fan, bro. Big.
0: All right. All About right. About time
1: they got a show. Uh
0: also in theaters, Lux Eterna, the Gaspar No film, which uh is finally <laughs> getting a stateside release, even it's though it's from out. a few years ago. Uh yeah, it was in New York last weekend. I think it's in LA this weekend as it continues to expand the next across week we'll the let country.
1: We'll let you know when it's in New York and then we'll yep. you, or LA or yep.
0: Vegas, Austin. Yep. Yep. <laughs> we'll yep. just
1: mention Lux Eterna until the end of the year.
0: Yep. Uh, Then there's also Mao hitting theaters. I thought this one was already out, but I keep getting new emails about it, so I guess not. Uh, I think you like this documentary on Bruce Mao a little bit more than I did, but uh, interesting, I'm sure, if you're curious about his work. And then there's also Monstrous, the new movie with Christina Ricci hitting theaters and VOD. Um, The one that I know you were curious about about that sitting theaters on Friday, is Montana's story. What what are you interested in with this one?
1: Uh, this is a movie starring Haley Lou Richardson. It's good also, enough. It's also a pretty good movie. Uh, so you pretty much have two siblings who live in Montana, and now that their father is dying, they have to you know come together and figure out what they're going to do. And I think the way that it branches out, not just as a story about siblings, a story about abuse, uh, but as a story about different people who uh, find homes in different places and how they're forced to kind of, you know, maneuver around what other people do it, i like the performances in it i thought that was really interesting very emotional and it shot in 35 millimeter we got it in a i got a screw we got a screening link for it, it looks yeah. beautiful shot in montana but damn i kind of want to catch this on the big screen it may be a little too slow for some mm. people but it gets a thumbs up from me i thought mm. you know the climax it's a very simple movie but the the emotional climax between the siblings uh along with the cinematography was uh was very well made very good well, sound have to design check it as if well. i got that
0: might have to check if it I get that the thing my, my list
1: So make sure you get that.
0: Oh, okay, shoot. Okay, I'm going to get on that. Um, also out in oh, theaters this a week weekend. Movies, then. Not something that you're going to be able to use your A list on, I'm pretty sure. Pleasure. <laughs> the film that debuted at Sundance 2021 from director Ninja Thyberg about a young woman who travels from Sweden to Los Angeles at with goal of becoming the world's next big porn star. I really was into this one when we caught it a couple of uh, Mm years or yeah, a year and a bit ago now, I guess I thought there's just a really interesting vibe to this film in the way that it's like shows the, uh, the commitment and the sacrifice required for this particular dream. I think I called it like the whiplash for the porn industry when we saw it. I'm, I'm very curious to see it now too, because it went through a bit of a saga where a 24 bought it and wanted to make a rated cut and then what? disputed with the director and then neon took it from a 24. So I'm, I'm glad we're getting the hopefully original version. Safe, it seems man. like,
1: yeah, yeah. No, hopefully it's safe. Cause they had it. They went through that when, uh, they did, uh, possessor as well, where there's a difference between Possessor and then the Possessor uncut, which is what I think yep. people saw in uh, you know, festivals, but Pleasure got a big thumbs up from me, so uh, if you are not someone who is... There's a parental warning, I guess, <laughs> or just a warning in general. Obviously, it yeah. deals with the sex industry, so know that, um, but if you are okay with that, this it, it is a profound drama, in my opinion. I think the performances are great and really good direction.
0: Absolutely. Uh, also, in available on Friday May 13th is Netflix's upcoming comedy Senior Year starring Rebel Wilson as a 37-year-old who awakes after a 20-year coma to return to high school they're they're basically doing like a Broad comedy version of Strangers with Candy, or or, uh, what's that one? Strangers with Candy, I think that was called Uh with the Amy Sedaris one. Yeah, yeah, which is so much more subversive and weird and funny than this one looks, um, which just depresses me a little bit. I don't know. I I don't have like this distaste for Rebel Wilson that I think a lot of people do, but it's stuff like this that makes it hard to to argue against it.
1: (laughs) Um, I'm not allowed to say anything. We caught it. And yeah. uh, we checked to see when the embargo was. This movie comes out May 13th. And uh, May 13th at 12.01 a.m. is when we're allowed to talk about it. So,
0: <laughs> Yep. Take for that for what you will. there may
1: be a good thing. That may be a bad thing. Not yep. a lot to say.
0: Uh, and then finally, Tank House is out on the 13th. Uh, all I know really about this one is that Richard Kind and Christopher Lloyd are in it. I like those guys. Maybe I'll like this movie too. I don't know. I'll try and check it out and find out. Then over on May 15th, we are getting Conversations with Friends. This is the new Hulu limited episode series. It's a binge release uh, that has a bunch of familiar faces in it, including Joe Alwyn, Jemima Kirk, and Sasha Lane. I know they got that new Phoebe Bridgers song attached to it. Is this the? I think this one is like from the same writer as normal people, or the book as normal people. I, I don't really know. Maybe somebody can correct me, but... There's some, like, normal people vibes going on here. Sally Rooney, is that it? Yeah, so from the writer of the book of normal people. So I'm sure that's going to be uh, catnip for a lot of people.
1: Normal people fans are big. like They're big, bro. They're
0: really <laughs> big fans of normal people. They're pretty mad. I don't know if I've ever met somebody who thought normal people was just good. Like, just like, yeah, I kind of liked
1: it. No, they like, they go crazy for that, bro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, conversations with friends. Check it out. Ain't Joe no when oh,
1: the Taylor Swift guy? Yeah. Isn't, isn't that her boy?
0: That's, that's Billy Lynn of
1: Halftime Walk fame. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> Ew. All right. Well, that's a twofer for you then. You're going to have the Swifties and you're going to have the normal, normal people fans in there. I'm sure there's not much overlap between the, the two fan bases. Uh,
0: also on the 15th, Fangoria is doing their 2022 Chainsaw Awards. I don't really know about this, but I, I dig Fangoria and I dig Shutter, so maybe I'll have to check this out. Uh, We we got our own awards coming out this week, too, so big week for for 2022 awards, I guess. Sounds good. All right, Uh, but let's get into our picks for the week and give some recommendations for the people at home. Art, what are your picks this week?
1: Uh, Some of the stuff that I'm excited for, The Sadness is coming out on Shudder, which was a movie that played at Chicago Fest last year, and I, I believe it's a Korean zombie flick and it looks crazy. Uh they were like checking IDs for that one as well because it's supposed to be like so brutal. Got that one on my radar. Uh but then Jazz Fest is also coming out in theaters. I was, you know, I came out of the theater and I saw a bunch of posters for it. It got picked up by some pretty big producers, which I did not realize. Hopefully I'm able to pull it up Ooh. over here. Fred Marshall is a director on it. Wow. Frank Marshall. Sheesh. That's a pretty big director if y'all don't know. Um but they got some big producers to come along with this as well. So I'm very curious to see how they're going to uh, release this, if it's just going to be in theaters. But We caught this one at South By. It goes over the New Orleans Jazz Fest. And when they get to the food, bro, you can just cool. smell it. Uh, <laughs> and then some of the other movies that are coming out, On the Count of Three. It's also getting uh, yeah, a vir- I
0: forgot to add this. It's
1: getting a virtual release. So if that is not on your radar, this is a movie that, just like Pleasure, which is also another recommendation that I have, On the Count of Three premiered at the 2021 Sundance Film Festival. And finally, after his insanely great special and killing it uh, on SNL, um, he's able to have his own release for a movie that didn't even have a poster for the longest time. So shout out to yeah, Gerard. Man. Uh, it's really good. Check that out. The directorial debut. Uh, and, and Christopher and Chris Abbott, Abbott, is so good in it. So Christopher good. We've in a minute. So yeah, I'm just excited that he's yeah. back. So on the count of three, pleasure. Got to give the bigs up to Montana's story. If you, you vibe with the trailer, try to catch it in the theater because it's beautifully shot. I don't know mm-hmm. if there's 35 millimeter screens of it out there, but that's pretty good. Um, and then I caught Respect on Prime uh, now that it's out. And it's not, that's it's a not bad. That's the Jennifer Hudson, a Jennifer Aretha Hudson Franklin one. one? Yeah. Like, it's not great. Yeah. It's too long and feels like it still doesn't cover a lot but it's on prime now so just letting people know because mm. that was that was one of the contenders that it barely got its release like l- barely got it's like the yeah. release so there is that um and then buy y'all tickets from men and if you I'm, work for a 24 in new york get zach a screening because he has not been yeah. allowed to see it come on all right? we need let to me talk see about men. men come on let him see all the money i just want to see. go
0: see men yeah why are they taking men away from me?
1: It's crazy, uh, Zach.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, re- but respect. Uh, I feel like those types of music biopics, like, sometimes they're bad, but sometimes they're, like, a pretty solid, like, entertaining, She's low good. stakes She's watch.
1: talented, man. Yeah. yeah, because of her. Like, I, I would say she was better than some of the actresses that were nominated last year. I can tell you that much. <laughs>
0: All right, very cool. Uh, I dig those picks. My picks are uh, winning time. Now that it's finished its run, if you are into that binge release format, you got them all there. Like It is just a very entertaining show. I really like the the maximalist approach to story and style uh, here. And yeah, I just want to keep recommending it. I'm also going to keep recommending Barry because it's just the show that I... A week to week I'm enjoying the most right now and uh, I've went back and rewatched the first two seasons uh, in the last week because I'm just so hyped on it right now it's, it's very well done it's very very good stuff uh, but Pleasure is probably the movie that I'm I'm most looking forward to watching or rewatching this week because uh, it's been a little while and I just, I just remember really liking it out of Sundance last year I also really liked On the Count of Three so I guess I gotta put that in my, my picks too but I'm glad you had I'm glad that you had it for me Um, lots of good stuff, lots of stuff to watch there, but I think that's about all for uh, this week's installment of the weekend. Must watch. We will be back in like 15 minutes to go deep on Dr. Strange <laughs> and the multiverse of madness. Uh, but until then you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram or letterbox at Zshevich Z S H E V I C H. And check me out on YouTube at youtube.com slash multiplex show art. Where can people find more from you?
1: You can find me at LME explain on Facebook. Twitter, YouTube, Letterbox, or for the next couple of days, going back to watch Doctor Strange just so I can see that IMAX special clip of Top Gun. Zach, please tell me you've bought your IMAX tickets to Top Gun, bro.
0: I did. I'm ready. I'm hyped. I, I could not be more hyped, man. That that looks so it's good disgusting. on the big screen. Like ah, oh, I'm. It's good. Here's my theory. I, I was saving this because I didn't want to tell you before. I. I think that this is going to be one of like the 10 highest grossing movies of all time by the time that it's done. I think people are are going to go wild for this thing in theaters. I think it's hit the right time of nostalgia where the group who were young when the original came out are all old enough to have kids to want to bring to this too. And that there is a group of people who just want to see a big, crazy blockbuster that used real fighter jets for these scenes. I, I think word of mouth is going to be nuts on it, and I think it's going to make all the money in the world.
1: Well, let me start that now, because that special screening little clip that they show you before Doctor Strange... Buy your IMAX tickets. Buy them fast. Don't let that I'm go hype, to waste. I'm my...
0: You can listen to every episode of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, whatever your favorite podcatcher is. I happen to like Overcast. And then, make sure you're subscribed not just to the audio podcast, but to the video feed as well on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash intercutpod. We can watch our bright, smiling faces as we break down the latest in entertainment. Find new episodes of the Intercut Weekly Must Watch streaming on our YouTube channel every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern. And please, leave us a comment, like the video, consider heading over to iTunes to give us a much-requested five-star review, and I'm going to keep shouting out the people in Ecuador for putting us on those TV and film podcast charts because they keep doing well. Thank you. Gracias. Uh, like our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter pages, support our Patreon. All of them are at Intercut Pod, and you'll get updates throughout the week from Art, from me, from all the guests that we feature here on Intercut. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, Larry Bird won the vote for Rookie of the Year 63-3. to mm-hmm. Same year that Magic Johnson won the finals MVP.